us in this day. It's made for us to rejoice and be glad in. I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to preach your word, to be your mouthpiece to this generation and to this world. And so, Lord, just um, we depend on you, and I thank you to strengthen me and help me to find what you have to say to your people today. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So um, we're going to talk about grace to endure. There's a grace to endure uh, what the Bible refers to as hardness. If you turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2, uh, we'll see a scripture, a passage of scripture, instruction from the Apostle Paul to uh, Timothy, who was, he was really another apostle. He was one who was uh, um, stable in some congregations, but there's evidence that he uh, developed some other churches as well. Um, that was common during that day, that there wasn't just one apostle that everybody looked to but there were many there were many sent ones because they were to go into all the world and preach the gospel till everyone had heard and so uh, Timothy is an apostle and a pastor when they would uh, set up churches they would be there for a season uh, to shepherd the people and to develop other ministers and so there was a an obligation then for people to follow God to obey him uh, to do whatever it was that the Lord uh, told them to do Paul we know had a very very difficult journey he was beaten and many many times almost in every city he went to Uh, I thank God that doesn't happen much anymore but it very well could if uh, you know things keep going the way that they're going uh, persecution will always increase on us But we know that we have a way of escape in God. We have uh, outlet in Him, and we. But our our uh, mandate is to never compromise on the Word and never change the gospel. Don't ever change what God gave you to preach. It's not up to us to make people like what we say. It's up to us to be obedient to God and to speak forth the Word by the unction of the Holy Spirit. And so these things are very very important for us to understand as we progress in the the current move of God and move closer uh, toward the end of this age uh, we will find out that there are very strong reactions to the word of God and very strong reactions to the anointing both positive and negative Uh, the same anointing that causes people to be healed and leap and jump for joy and and be blessed and excited about God that same uh, anointing is what causes people who are not on the inside of the things of God to want to put Christians in jail and want to silence our voices and all of that so it's the same anointing the Bible says that we are a sweet savor of Christ to those who are perishing we're a savor of death unto death to those who are in life we're a savor of life unto life and so we have to always keep this in mind and never get complacent in the gospel never get too comfortable uh, when things are going well because we must be vigilant at all times you have to be on the alert not that you're fearful and paranoid but you're in the spirit that's what it means to be vigilant to to not slough off in the flesh but be in the spirit and understand how to keep your spiritual eyes and ears open at all times and so and when you when you have a life of prayer that's real easy because then the spirit 
of God is your friend and your companion and is not hard to find when you need to find him. He's always there for you. And so this is a, a kind of a blessing that we have in God and knowing him uh, is that we don't have to be fearful about anything that comes our way. We can always know that we have a friend in God. Uh, that anointing that you find so welcoming when you go to pray is the same God that will be there to help you in times of difficulty. And so he, he lets us know that he's our friend. He's our constant companion. We find it easy to get comfortable around the spirit of God. And so God always wants us to be his friend in that way. And it, it, it goes a long way in helping your life. It really, really does. Uh, you can have that comfort and that peace knowing that uh, God is not far from you. He is for you. He's not against you. He's not looking for you to tell you anything that you don't want to hear. Uh, but he will help us in life. And he's our friend uh, for the things that pertain to life. So that's the assurance that we have, that, that we always have God as our friend. And it's good to know what a friend we have in the Lord. You know, he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Uh, you may know that you can count on certain people in your family no matter what goes on. They might get mad at you and say they're not going to help you, but go and check in a few minutes later and see how they feel. You know, so you, you know they, they can always be won over uh, to your cause. And so we have that strong of a friendship even stronger in the Lord. He loves us. Uh, unconditionally he has laws that we must abide by in order to partake of that uh, provision but they're easy to abide by the laws of God because everything's provided for us to do that and so uh, the apostle here though is talking to uh, what Timothy is referred to often as his son in the ministry which means that he's somebody that Paul um, uh, ministered to and, and imparted to him uh, different spiritual gifts and understanding taught him, trained him all of those things and so uh, Paul is able to raise up other ministers in the gospel and Timothy is one of those and he says here in verse, uh, I'm sorry, chapter 2 verse 1 Thou therefore my son be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. In other words, be strong in the grace that is in your inward man through Jesus Christ. All of the promises, provisions of our covenant are made to the inward man. There is no provision made for the flesh. We are to be dead unto sin, alive unto righteousness, dead to the dictates of the flesh, the desires of the flesh, and alive unto our life in the inward man. So there's no provision made for your flesh in the new covenant. In fact, when you're in Christ, all the promises are yea and amen. So anything that you see in the Bible, when you're reading by your spirit man and you're being, being understanding and asking God to speak to you, and those words come alive to you, that's yes and amen on your part. It's not You're not waiting for God to say yes necessarily to specific things. Now, there are some things that God will not 
put into your life because he has a higher purpose for you Amen. you know that that's that's pretty true uh, for most people and it, it's often true in different uh, times and seasons in the history of the church that God has to sometimes put people on a fast track to understanding him because he has work that he's called you to do and so you may not have time for certain things in life you may not have time to squeeze everything in uh, because of what God has ordained for your specific life but in general all the promises you can say yes to yes God I'd like to have that yes God I want that yes God I'm going to start praying for that yes God I see that that's a provision of your covenant and so you have to then de- de- uh, determine uh, what God's timetable is for these blessings to come into your life if you leave it all up to God that's the easiest thing to do I mean that's the easiest route to go Uh, it's really hard to pressure God to put something in your life out of season but there is grace to receive your provision that he has for you right now and at this point in your life what he has ordained for you there is grace to receive what that is what does grace mean grace really is the presence of God the uh, endowment of God to your inner man to make his word believable makes his promises receivable and makes his requirements doable so it's easy to believe it's easy to receive and it's easy to do with the grace of God outside of the grace of God you're just into works without much help and so you you want to find that what we call the place of grace where you're stationed to uh, abide with God and know and have an assurance that these things are for you have an assurance that they are attainable nothing is beyond your ability to believe and receive and to do and so when you and, and when you find that that these things aren't available to you then there's the grace to abide and wait until that that anointing or that unction comes to move forward in something that God has for you so I always call it similar to a dance and God is and the Holy Spirit is your dance partner and you let him lead in the dance but you dance along with him he is your grace he is your ability he is your endowment when you have relationship with the Holy Spirit grace increases and so uh, the Bible the writer here is saying be strong in the grace in other words not strong in your flesh not strong in your wants not strong in your desires not strong and you're trying to fight with everybody else to do something you know we get wound up sometimes you know and God told me this and God said that and you wind up fighting everybody and his brother and there's no reason to do it you know you're, you're fighting what they call a straw man somebody who's imaginary 
that says he's against you and is really just something in your mind that a lot of people carry it around with them all the time that says they can't do certain things and you can't have this and you can't have that and you can't have the other and then we'll project that onto other individuals and, and blame them for our inner struggle and not understanding we're fighting and struggling against ourselves if you feel that, that there's something that God's giving you entitlement to the Bible says that you know James says do you have faith have it between you and God that's something between you and him that you work out with the Lord now people will have opinions they'll always have opinions about what you do and and if they're believers I think oftentimes their opinions are of some value to your life you know they will be of some value to your life uh, Paul would say follow me as I follow Christ if somebody has a strong testimony and somebody has overcome some things that's a value to your life and and you know they have the fruit to show that they understand God and that they have a relationship with God that has some proven fruit in it so those people are valuable to your life uh, I would say don't fight with people who are valuable to your life understand what, what true value is and hold on to the things and the, the relationships that are of value uh, because you'll need them sometimes you know you, you need a prayer partner sometimes you need a friend sometimes uh, you need somebody that you can know always wants to see you uh, go forward and increase we all need that we're a body that's why we're a body but you don't want to be the type of person that wants to contend with people and tell and because you think God told you something he 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 wants you to prosper and and prevail and go forward but he wants you to do it in a peaceable manner it tells us as much as possible live peacefully with all men so you don't have to strive with people and contend with them and try to prove to them God told you something uh, you know you can let God settle those things and, and stay out of controversy uh, because God has made provision for you so the grace of God will not lead you to strive with man it really won't you know you don't have to argue you don't have to win an argument you don't have to be heard you don't have to be seen uh, you don't need any of that and so when he says be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus that's a strength of your inner man that has a strong relationship with God the stronger your relationship with God the stronger the grace of God will be in your life to accomplish the things that God has for you you know you can say I haven't this isn't my first time around the block you know I have relationship with God and he's shown me some things that will make this easy so I can believe God for a good outcome here because I have a relationship and a history with God if you don't have much of a relationship or history we can come into agreement with those who do and that's why I caution people about striving with man 
and to stay in the and stay in the grace of God where there is no strife with anybody, uh, because you know you can you can borrow faith from people. We do it all the time. We come into agreement with them. You come to the altar to get prayer. Uh, your faith will lead you so far, and then the faith of the Son of God must take over, and the anointing be drawn from the minister. So this is a partnership that we walk in in this life, folks. And I I, I want to encourage you uh, to cultivate good godly relationships. Don't be the person that wants to God told me and then you walk off in a huff and you leave a trail of, of you know tragedy behind you. Or then when you come to your senses again you wonder if they're mad at you if you can go to them again for something you know all of that stuff uh, comes because we don't understand how to abide in the grace of God and how to understand where the grace of God is upon us to do certain things that we desire to do don't ever desire something so much that you can't confirm with God that it is his will for you you know you can always go and pray and and find out You know, if if somebody that you trust and you respect raises a question about something, uh, don't get an attitude about it and walk off and and get in a huff about it because you know it's God. Always humble your. I do that, you know, I, and I'm the pastor here. And then people tell me certain things, and I'll just say, Well, God, you know, I don't believe that's coming from you, but let me check with you just to make sure. You understand what I'm saying? Always humble yourself. It doesn't cost you anything. It'll save you a lot of trouble too in the future. And God. God gives grace to the humble. He resists the proud. So, you know, we can't stand on our own laurels and, and want to know everything. But we must humble ourselves and sometimes question things. Sometimes God is giving you permission to do things when you're a young Christian and he calls for maturity. It's time to stop and move on and do something else. And so we leave a place of minor grace and we can go to a place of higher grace. Higher grace for your inner man means more restriction from you for your flesh and so we have to make those adjustments in life put away childish things amen put the toys in the closet and let's go on to maturity because God needs mature sons and daughters down here folks he really does and as, as we grow up and as we experience a greater grace to endure hardness then we will understand that God does that for a reason you're conforming more to the image of Christ denying the man of the flesh causes the image of Christ to grow stronger and stronger and brighter and brighter in us to take over more in our lives and accomplish more for God I'm telling you the childish things we used to do once you start moving in maturity you don't even miss them anymore you don't miss them and so it's a good thing to allow God to move us on to maturity so grace is a is a property of the inward man it's a, a subject to the inward man it's there to help the inward man and it affects the real you your spirit is the real you the man of the flesh is not you the bible says though your outer man is perishing your inner man is being renewed day by day. And God says no provision for the outer man to be renewed. He's dying every day. So, and to make room for the inner man to grow and to be strong and to receive the promises of God. I said it before, all the provision and promises made to your inner man, it's not made to the man of the flesh. There's no provision made for the man of the flesh. 
So, how do we strengthen our inner man and become strong in the grace of God? How do we do that? Well, you do it by seeking strength from God. How do we grow in God? What things do we get from God that strengthen us? The implication here is that there is an outer and an inner man that we can rely on. So when you're seeking strength from God, you're seeking that your inner man would come to the forefront and begin to perform the operations of your life. Your inner man has to be led. Your inner man has to guide your life. Your inner man has to, uh, your thought processes must come, be drawn from your inner man. That man whose mind is renewed by the word of God. So it must be the word of God constantly feeding your mind and that's how you begin to grow in strength and in the grace of God. So when when your mind becomes renewed to certain things, then there is an ease that comes with obeying God. You don't fight it so much anymore. So you can tell the grace of God is upon you because the fight leaves against the word of God. The excuses leave against the word of God. The excuses for obeying God's word leave. I can tell you that if you choose to obey God, even if you have to fight yourself tooth and nail to do it, God will honor that. You know, I mean, now people get into this thing about, uh, well, it's not faith, and it's legalism. You know, I don't know, I don't know so much the difference. You understand what I'm saying? I know that when you're in faith, you receive a grace in God, but if your mind knows to do the right thing, and you do it, whether you do it legally or whether you, you know, let's cut this nonsense out. Let's just obey God. You understand what I'm saying? When your mind is renewed, it's harder to fight God. So even if you obey him, quote unquote, by the flesh, your mind is in the process of being renewed to obedience by the Spirit. So I don't know how much your flesh can obey God and he be mad at you for trying to do the right thing. You understand what I'm saying? It's This is something that, these are the, I call it the, the straining at the gnat and swallowing the camel thing that we get into in the body of Christ you know what difference does it make your heart is toward obeying God the devil isn't trying to make you obey God folks that's the Holy Spirit prompting you to do the right thing and I know that as you continue to operate in what grace you do have it will increase and so look for the grace of God to increase in you to do the right thing just because you don't feel like you want to do it it doesn't mean that God's not with you in doing it it really doesn't you know I think about some of the people who have obeyed God and and were reluctant about it the, the man that gave Oral Roberts he gave Oral Roberts some huge sum I don't know what it was people have given him large sums of money a lot during during his ministry but there was a man that said I don't like you I don't like your ministry but I know God told me to do this and I'm going to do that you understand what I'm saying a little bit of grace there to obey God but he did it even with all this reluctance in his flesh and so we have to understand that obeying God is 
honoring God. Amen. Cornelius, the, the uh, Gentile man that gave alms to God, he wasn't a believer. But God honored his giving anyway and his whole family got saved. So God honors our desire to obey him whether it's perfect, whether it's wonderful, whether it's sloppy, whatever it is. But, but Paul is telling Timothy, if you hang in there and keep your faith for God strong, you will be strong in the grace of God where at some point it will get easier. And so that's what we have to understand about hardness. In verse 2, he said, And the things that you have heard of me among many witnesses, many witnesses, huh? you get a reputation in this life for being a certain way. He said, the same commit you to faithful men. So pass these things on. And be picky about who you pass them on to. Amen. You don't, you don't cast your pearls before swine. There are certain things that people who are faithful are ready to step into and experience and accomplish. If people have not been faithful in a little bit, they won't be faithful in a lot. And so let God choose for you people that you surround yourself with and have relationship with those individuals. They're faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. And he says, and and in this... Therefore, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. So there is a place where we as believers identify with soldiers. Because there is that part about us. What do we know about soldiers? They're enlisted. They don't come and go as they please. You'd be a, a pitiful soldier if you just decided one day, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this Monday through Friday. Well, no, I'm busy Friday. I can only come uh, Monday through Thursday. And I don't know when I'll be back, but, you know, when I get back, I'll just pick up where I left off. That's, that's not what. But it'll shock you how many Christians see their Christianity that way. How many believers see their lives as with a lot of options? People do not want to be committed. They don't want to be depended upon. They don't want people expecting them to do things. They want to be able to have the freedom to goof off if they want to. That's basically what it is. Um, I can remember when I got saved, I was so glad to know I was going to heaven. And and I thought about it for a while. I said, well, if I'm going to heaven, what do people act like when they are about to go to heaven? You know, and I would look around and, and I'd wonder about Christians that I knew. I think to myself, I said, I wonder if they if they they know what I know. I'm going to heaven. I wonder if they know they're going to heaven. If they, You know what I'm saying? It was a, a big mystery to me. But I know one thing that I was certain of, that I could never go back to living the same way I lived before. Amen. That much I was. And I was not spirit-filled. But I knew that I knew. And I knew I didn't want that anymore. Amen. And I felt like that's, that's what God did for everybody who got saved. You know, he takes that want to, and then you 
you see little by little people get seduced back over into the life of the flesh see we all start out on the right side of the line but then like the bible says about the word when it what kind of ground does it get planted on he said the 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 deceitfulness of riches other things entering in choke the word off and it's not as fruitful in the life of some people as it could be and so I felt that as as somebody who I had to act different I just knew I had to be different you know I'm going to heaven now I can't do this I can't do that I can't do I can't do I can't you understand what I'm saying legalism or not God honored it you understand what I'm saying don't be so hard on people who are doing the best they can with what they have my mind wasn't renewed very much much, but it was renewed enough to know that going back to that was wrong if I saw myself being lured over to liking certain things that I used to like and, and you know when I, when I was in the world I'd wear anything you know it was that was the kind of life that I I was in and you know it wasn't too too risque and all of that stuff and I, I when I got saved I looked at those clothes in my closet I said oh boy what was I doing oh let me put this away you know what I'm saying it just it, it was like they belonged to another person and they did and, and so I just didn't do certain things anymore you know it was a shock to my husband you know uh, you know when you before you're married they let you pick the clothes so that they can show you off to everybody and after you're married they want to pick your clothes you know you wear that for me and don't be wearing that out you know what I'm saying but after I got saved God picked my clothes you know so then that blew his mind so (laughs) but that's the difference you see see I had received the grace of God to say no to that man of the flesh and that no was strong I think it's real strong when you're a new believer I can remember uh, there was a a guy that gave his testimony once you know when when you're a new believer you love testimonies you just love them (laughs) because you haven't been exposed to many that are goofy you know what I'm saying you hear a lot of true testimonies why God picks what you hear and he puts you in positions where you can have things that are going to encourage you and build you up and I remember a man saying that he had, he was a biker and he had been somewhere to a meeting I guess some friends of his had been praying for him they had gotten saved and he you know made the mistake of saying yes to going to a meeting and he got saved and I think he got spirit filled at the same time he said and the first thing I did when I went home he said I lived with my girlfriend at the time we were both bikers he said I told her we can't sleep there. we can't have sex anymore we can't do that anymore I gave my heart to God now he said and it wasn't long before she got curious and she got saved amen and they got married and so these things come to us folks the grace of God to say no to sin and say no to the man of the flesh is very real it comes to us very real I don't understand these people think they have to be weaned away from sin you know and weaned away that's like a drug addict saying I'm going to quit tomorrow let me shoot up right now you know what I'm saying if you don't say no to it and make it a strong no and once you say no then God can follow up 
with enforcing it and helping you to enforce it. Until you say no, he cannot help you. Okay? So we have to, that's your first obligation is to use your faith to line up with God's word and say no to certain things. The Bible says everything's lawful, but not everything is expedient to get you where God's taken you. You know, and I, you can do a lot of things, but are they time well spent or are they wasting your time? So we want to be strong in the grace of God. You, sometimes you wonder how people can accomplish certain things in God. How do people in the the martyr churches, how do they keep going and, and get in prison and stay in prison for four or five months, a year, two years, and then come right back out and preach again? Huh? They're strong in the grace of God. Amen. They're strong in that. And they know how to endure hardness like a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Good soldiers know how to commit themselves 100% to their master and to the task at hand. There's 100% commitment. Some soldiers are a little hard-headed. They don't like to... They like to be the kind, you know, you see the movies people make, it's always a renegade soldier and he's right and all the commanders are wrong. Well, that never happens in real life. It never happens in real life. Because if you're right, God will teach you how to let him convince people. Amen. It's, in this world, it's not about being right and wrong all the time. It's about the grace of God and the plan of God. God's not here trying to expose everybody that's, that's thinking wrong. He's here to help people to get to heaven. You understand what I'm saying? He's way beyond that petty stuff. So to be strong in the grace entails enduring hardness without walking away from the challenge. You don't walk away from the challenge. And you look at it properly. It is only a challenge. It is not there to kill you. It's not there to end you, embarrass you, cause you to fail. God doesn't put failure. The failure is not in the plan of God for you. We look at the people in the Bible that endured extreme hardness. You know, Job is one that automatically comes to your mind, you know, right away. He had a covenant of healing. Anytime you you worship God, you've got automatic covenant of healing. Amen. Even before the law, there was an obligation on God's part to heal people that worshipped him. You know, that's, that's all you needed to do. And so even though there wasn't a law written, there was a God. They kept covenant and mercy. In fact, the lamb was slain before the foundation of the earth. So the provision was always there. So we can, uh, you you know, you you have to be able to endure hardness. And like we said, Job is a a good example of someone who did covenant of healing and couldn't get his healing right away. That's not unusual. There are times when we want to be healed and we see the word. Let the word encourage you that it will come to pass. Don't let the word, don't stand there and judge yourself because you haven't received your healing yet as inferior or substandard or, you know, retarded or slow in the things of God. You know, you keep believing. You know, you're enduring hardness is what it is. And that's all it is. It's an endurance thing. It has nothing to do with uh, whether or not God wants you well. 
has to do with your ability to continue to believe God even though things aren't all hunky-dory and everything lined up right the way it's supposed to be. So, you know, you're not allowed to condemn yourself because what, what happens there is the grace of God begins to slip away from you and you can't blame other people and say they're condemning you because you're not healed yet that's a lie too and so if, if in, and we all have these moments where the enemy will come to us and give us thoughts and ideas and you need to make yourself a consider not at that point you know you don't even think about these things twice you kick them out of your brain when they come to your brain you just let them pass right through people who consider things grab that thought and nurse it and then we try to fit it into our life somewhere we try to make it fit either somebody else is thinking it against us or we're thinking it against ourselves you got me and so we have to be a person who does not consider things that don't fit it's not part of what God promised you it's not part of his plan for you so you don't consider it you don't think about it just let it go in and go out of your brain you know it doesn't line up with the word it's not edifying it's not pure it's not lovely it's not a good report it's not praiseworthy or thankworthy so what are you doing dwelling on it you let it go out of your mind and let it go to the next person that wants to listen to the devil but don't let it plant in your head and so if you will uh, cast down those imaginations you will stay strong in the grace of God because the more you can focus on the word and understand that this is a hardness that you must endure and God gives you the grace to endure it he's right there with you in it he's helping you in it you're not by yourself one of the worst feelings is feeling alone when you have a struggle or a trial and God's grace means that he is right there with you in these things and so you can endure the hardness Job endured hardness he saw through his trial the hearts his heart and the hearts of others who were close to him were revealed you can't be mad at people for having things in their heart that aren't right we all have that do you understand what I'm saying you, you can't afford to spend your time the grace of God allows you to be gracious even when others seem to be accusing or condemning toward you it allows you to be that many times the grace of God will hide those thoughts and ideas from you it's a good thing to to inform people if you're you know they're trying to bring you little negative bits of information about things it's good for you to inform you that you don't want to hear that amen and let God bring to you the news he wants to bring to you let him bring information to you that he wants to bring and give God the freedom to choose what you need to hear at certain times during your struggles you got me you can uh, I know when I'm challenged in any way uh, I fast and what I mean is no TV it's automatic I don't want to hear the television when I want to hear from God I know what to do and it's it's not like oh I'm fighting the urge to turn on I don't have no urge to turn that thing on most times I don't anyway you know it's all reruns or Kate 
I am Caitlin or the Kardashians or <laughs> you understand there's only so much of that when you're a Christian that you're interested in you know so you, you just have to, to understand that and, and so when you're strong in his grace you can endure hardness without walking away from the challenge Job's answer to, to, to his dilemma was offered to him by his wife curse God and die he decided that he was going to hold on because he knew something she didn't know and that was that his redeemer lives and that he would in his flesh see God and so the grace of God will allow you to grab on to that promise and grab on to that word that word that sustains you keeps you in peace keeps you in joy keeps you in health keeps you in righteousness keeps you in all of the fruit of the spirit so that you can endure and that's how you endure hardness is by abiding in his fruit and abiding in his presence and calling for as much of it as you feel that you need so we can either indulge ourselves or endure hardness through the grace of God you don't want to indulge your flesh and say I can't take any more and I'm not going to take any more and I'm not going to that church people like that tend to run from church to church and never get planted anywhere so you want to be able to endure you know God sends you to church to learn and to be strengthened not to have everything nice in your flesh you know it's it's for your spirit <laughs> to to uh to endure hardness your i mean your spirit to be developed and to grow stronger and the only way your spirit grows stronger is your flesh has to be denied certain things so that it's not as strong anymore see if we allow our flesh to be as strong as our spirit every day's a struggle God doesn't want that for you. He one one must be denied so the the other can be strengthened. Without His grace, we have no ability to endure, or even do it for a while. You know, we we have no ability to endure, so we uh, do things for a while and then go back to our old ways. And how long that while is? Nobody knows. I've known people who have been preachers and successful for 20, 30 years. And then all of a sudden you hear about them going doing something stupid, carnal, and compromising their whole ministry. You know, so there's, there's a sense that, that commitment to never look back is essential if you're going to be strong in the grace of God. You have to make up your mind not to go back, but also to get stronger as you go not stay in a certain zone so that you can prove how much you can get away with and still be saved you know this is kind of an immature way of looking at your life in God we're, when the Bible says we're, we're to um, uh, increase in knowledge and stature and favor with God and with man everything is increased the kingdom is ever increasing uh, we're increasing we're going from glory to glory increasing in his glory uh, there's a plan of God for us to increase in the spiritual side and not kind of languish back and stay carnal forever and and you know and see how long we can stay saved and still nurse this little carnal thing that we think is so important for us one of the things I think about when I think about enduring hardness is David when he was being pursued by King Saul David 
always had other options. We all always have other options or choices. But God's grace for David was on him enduring. God's grace was on endurance. And you see David endured hardness for many many years running from Saul. It's thought that he might have run from Saul for at least 10 if not uh, 13 to 15 years. Uh, They think he was a mid-teenager at the time. Uh, He started running from Saul when he met Goliath. But uh, in Israel... Uh, you know you could be a very strong warrior because God supernatural power was available to them you could be a supernatural warrior as a teenager you understand that God was no respecter of age Samuel was a prophet when he was a small boy you see he was still he was still what we consider to be a child and entitled to a childhood you know how we think sometimes Uh, you're entitled to God's grace wherever his grace is if his grace is not on your quote unquote childhood things and his grace is on your growing up pretty quick and becoming a warrior at a young age then you've got to flow with where the grace of God is and that's where it was from David for David when he was when faced with challenges we must locate that place of grace where there is less resistance from God and more peace grace equals peace it equals peace David fled from Saul for over 10 years we know it was longer than 10 it could have been over several uh, could have been over several different times David could have ended it several times but God's grace was not there to get it over with and so we have to understand that about hardness it's not we want it over with because we step out of the grace of God from time to time and when you start looking at it as a mere human as a carnal person you think man I I can't stand this anymore but then you start to think about well, God told me he was going to do this. You start coming to your spiritual self is what I say. You shake that carnality off and you get back into your right spiritual mind. And then you start to build yourself up in the Lord. And you can uh, find yourself right back in the grace of God again through faith. You know, you just set yourself up and say, now I know God told me he, he was with me at this step, this step, this step, and this step. He has not abandoned me. That's the decision that you must make that God is still with me he still wants me to have this he still wants me to do this he still has success planned for me and so I'm, I'm, I've gone through this 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 leading up to where I am now I was led here by the spirit of God and he is still with me he has not abandoned me and he has not changed course amen and, and that's how you get strong in the grace of God you you if nothing else you must if you have to force yourself over to that mindset that's what you do you've got to change your thoughts you've got to start thinking on
on the things that are good. What's good? I know God loves me. I know I prayed and I asked him for this. I know he was with me at steps 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. And I believe he's with me now. And let me rest in that. God find me a place of grace to rest in what you're going to do. And endure this place of not knowing and not having for right now. We've all been there. And once you get beyond that. You you need to stay thankful. You know, I would say stay thankful for a long time. And not just cast that aside. Because that's rich in your life. That testimony, that experience, that history with God. That's where your wealth and riches are. And so you want to stay in that place of, of uh, thankfulness toward God. Reminiscing with God about the good things that he's done. And that builds you. That continues to make you strong in his grace anytime you can reflect on the fact that the grace was given to you at one time that makes you even stronger in it because it never leaves your life as long as you believe God his grace will be there it never leaves your life amen so we know David fled from Saul for many many years the time in particular we understand that David could have ended it all was the time he caught Saul asleep and cut off his robe But he experienced something in God that let him know that was not the right thing to do. You know, it's like, well, I didn't touch him. I just want to show him something. Well, that's an act of the flesh. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Want to show anybody anything. Right, right. Is your flesh talking to you. Amen. And God convicted him on that. You know, and most of us would say, well, that's a minor infraction because at least he didn't didn't kill him. Yeah, right. (laughs) But, you know, we, 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 um, had a teaching on that about the hem of the garment and what it means and what it meant to a Hebrew and and what what you didn't do when you cut off the hem of a man's robe you were really cutting off his connection to God because at the hem of the robe was the word of God you know and that was indicative of the word of God the anointing of God and the power of God and so David couldn't strip the anointing from Saul you understand what I'm saying so even that was an act uh, you know of, of of sin against the Lord and so his, the g- grace of God was not with David to do that thing and David felt bad he repented of it when he realized got word from God which didn't take long the conviction of the Holy Spirit comes immediately why not to make us feel bad but to make us straighten up <laughs> so we can go back into the grace of God you understand be thankful for conviction be thankful for repentance don't ever resent confessing your sins and talking to God and telling God you know what I'm I'm just a mess I'm a hot mess down here I've got my mind got balled up in the nonsense and why do I go so long thinking like this and get myself into this right. dilemma? You know, how can I dig a hole for myself again? Yeah. Knowing you just pulled me out of one, here I am again. Yeah. And then, you know, just talk to God. He loves you. He'll help you out. He's more interested in our coming out than our process for getting out. You got me? So how many times do we just want to get it over with quickly? You know, you just want the trial to be over. 
Why? We're scared of endurance. Amen. You're not so scared of failure. You're scared of endurance and how long it's going to take. How long am I going to be like this? You can be not like that right away. You can get over to the grace of God where the fruit's available to you. Where you can abide in his peace and all of that. You don't have to stay in that carnal mindset of how tough it is and how bad it is and how you know messed up it is and how long is it going to take and I wish this were over with I wish I'd never done this you know that kind of stuff so there are many things that we we have to endure and and look to perfecting them uh, because they're on our heart to do them whether they're they're crucial crucial to God or whether they're minor things it does not matter to God if it has to do with improving yourself in some way you know uh, you know you must do those things certain things that God may put on your heart to do you know you might feel well you know I could do a better job at this you know um, now I feel that way about things I, you know um, and, and it's a, a joy for me to plan for improvement I don't see it as a chore I see it as a challenge uh, and one that I anticipate with gladness now it might mean some extra work it might mean some extra time or something like that but I have something in me that likes to do things well and likes to improve things now don't get me wrong I'm not this kind of person who just I just can't tolerate you understand what I'm saying it, I mean it's there are some things that are like that but they don't have to do with things that, that God wants us to to improve and whatever's in your heart to do do it it's not like that uh, you know there are some people that give you know if they get invited to speak somewhere they give the people that invite them a hard time about you know well I have to have this and I have to have that I don't roll like that you understand what I'm saying this, and that's wrong to do that it's wrong because there is a grace to receive hospitality no matter what, how rough it is or how wonderful it is or how whatever it is there's a grace for you to receive it as it's offered to you and you find that grace and you stay there until God makes it better for you and so you you know there are things that, that you know and there are times when you, you think man I've graduated from this level before you know and there you find yourself back there again ha ha you never, gra- you never graduate it's just funny like that you know we went somewhere ministered recently and you know the people their their meal was to take you to McDonald's drive through you know and I passed up on it because I don't eat that stuff you understand what I'm saying I mean I, I would have to have a like a craving for a french fry or something and then I get a teeny bag and don't eat them all you know just get that that Jones off of you or something but you know what I'm saying and I didn't know that was the only meal we were going to be offered all day you understand what I'm saying so me and Chuck kind of looked at each other I said oh Chuck we better pray I said we're going to we're going to have to get in a place and and all of the women now get this women they were all nervous about fixing meals yeah well what do you want I don't know if we have that you know 20 questions no hospitality whatsoever you understand what I'm saying and so it's one of those things that they were so focused on getting their meeting together that that kind of fell by the wayside and even though they had people assigned to it 
they they couldn't find the grace to do the job. See what I'm saying? So, but you don't you don't make a big deal out of it, and you don't perform and carry on or anything like that. You find the grace to endure is what you do, and you receive what's offered and thank people for offering it, and don't try to make them feel like they already feel bad enough that they don't feel they know what they're doing. I'm thinking, my goodness, don't you feed yourself? I mean, you know how to eat, right? You know, I mean, part of you wants to go slap everybody and tell them to step out of it. But you know what I'm saying. You're in a place where you you have to endure that and understand, eh, it won't kill you. You know, you, you know what to do, and so you get to getting with it. But they won't catch me like that again. The purse will be full. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have my little barbecue pit in there, my ribs on ice, show me the outside. (laughs) But you know, you get so accustomed to providing that for people, you don't even think people don't, you know, you know what I'm saying. And so (laughs) it comes as a, and you know, and, and God has a sense of humor, I guess he says, yeah, you want me to send you places, take this. <laughs> see how you see how you adjusted that one, Barb. <laughs> you know, and I go and I I whine and I have a good laugh with God about it. So you got me that time, but the girl gonna be prepared next time. But anyway, things like tightening our purse strings. You know, when you know you shouldn't be spending money on that, and you do it anyway. I I when when uh, um, the the uh, my nieces grand nieces were just babies. Uh, I would. I told Gigi. I said, Gigi, how long has it been since we had little babies around here? I said, Look what I found. And I was always picking up something. We think this will fit. Look at this. Look how cute this is. So then, when they started walking, I thought, Well, uh, you know, now I'm off of my fetish for getting. And, and it didn't go away. You know, when they got to be toddlers. Oh, isn't this cute? Look how cute. Not this. Age. Look what I got for you girls. You know, all of that. And so I have to discipline myself and understand that I have other things to spend money on. And it's a hardness because you see, look cute. You know, you want to buy everything cute. You know, you find out what they like. And they like tights and they never have enough tights and they never have enough this and that. And so there are things that, and, and it's not sin you know but it's disobedience because it's I'm disobeying a standard that I've set for myself and that is not to go overboard be excessive in certain things and so uh, those things can be a hardness that we have a hard time enduring and we keep starting over again you know just like the diet you know I know I gotta lose oh I know I gotta lose I gotta lose I gotta lose well God I'm holding the line Right, right. Oh Lord, I let go the rope. Right. Oh Lord, let me pick it up again. Oh Lord, oh Lord, oh Lord. And so, those exercising. You know, you sign up for a gym fifteen times. They're taking money out of your bank account every month, and you don't go. And that's how they get rich with these. They bank on a certain number of people not showing up. Amen. And so, even if you go and quit and go and quit, keep going. Don't don't keep going and quitting. You understand what I'm saying? You go and quit, go and quit. Keep keep start keep starting it over again. See, that's how you make it through to your goal. 
you should set a goal for yourself once you desire something don't let you stand in the way of you accomplishing it you must set these things and but you will have to endure a certain level of hardness a little difficulty a challenge and, and what's being challenged is your outer man the man of the flesh is is trying to hold on to control of your life but you want the man of the spirit to take over you understand what I'm saying that there are people that that do things out of willful self-control you know like Paul says to eat not taste not touch not he said it has a certain value as far as if you worship God with your will Right. Amen. Will worship, you know. I will to do the right thing before God, and I'm toughing it out and doing it by nothing but willpower. Well, God wants you to do it with His Word strengthening you so that His grace can help you get through it, hold on to it, and maintain it throughout your life. You don't want to keep be a start and stop kind of person. You know, people talk about, you know, you'll see these people who have finally conquered the weight loss thing. Oh, I've been on so many diets. I was a yo-yo dieter for many, many years. And then I finally found something. Well, if your mind's not renewed to the value of that and you haven't found the grace of God to maintain that, you might do it for a few more years, but you're going to yo-yo again, yeah. you know, usually. And then when you yo-yo, you yo-yo with a vengeance, you know. It's like Krispy Kreme every morning now. You know, oh boy, I went without that stuff for so long. Now I can have a little bit of it. And you don't have a little bit, you have too much. And so if you can, right, if you can find God in it to help you. He can help you with these things. He wants to help you with these things. You know, so that your health can be strong and you can have endurance physically, all of those things. And so he wants to help us with these things. And and look at them as challenges to you to get strong in the grace of God. It, it's not for damaging you and it's not for being, you know, um, narcissistic or anything like that or, or being uh, so conscious of your appearance, you know, that you're neurotic about it. It's not about that. But it's really about the challenge to improve yourself. We can all use some self-improvement. And so this is your, and it's going to be that way throughout your life. You're always going to have things you want to improve on. So these are hard things that God wants us to discipline ourselves into. However, we're not alone in the hard things. That's what you need to understand. That feeling of being alone is, is next to quitting on it. Because you think this is just too hard for me and where is my help? And so you, you want to know that your help is right there. God is right there uh, in it with you. <clears throat> in verse 4 he says, no man that wars entangles himself with the affairs of this life. In other words, warriors have a certain discipline about them where they're not entangled. It doesn't mean you can't handle things. But the affairs of this life have to do with everyday living. You know, the house, the children, the husband, the the job, the this and the that, the things that sustain the natural side of your life, they have to be dealt with, but he says don't entangle. There's a difference between handling by the grace of God and entangling yourself in them. 
it means going in it in a carnal kind of fashion and not being able to master it at all so the affairs of this life hardness involves detaching yourself from the affairs of this life after what's necessary is taken care of so you just detach yourself from it by the grace of God in other words don't start building your life around pleasures only where you put off the discipline that God brought you to and then you're like a different person you just overindulge in these things and get too too steeped in them you understand what I'm saying sometimes you know um, I, I know this was a challenge when I was uh, in women's ministry it was always a challenge for women to be able to um, give themselves time to worship God, study and pray when they had duties to the family you know now you don't divorce yourself totally from them and get mad at them tell people I can't do the dishes no more God told me I had to read the word you know that kind of nonsense but there is a way by the grace of God to do enough so that your family is taken care of and you have the assurance from God that that's done and then because many people don't know how to manage every side of their lives God has ordained us to be able to manage every side of our lives by his grace and so people will get involved in you know they'll feel guilty because they took some time to do this and then they overindulge try to make up Uh, that's not the grace of God grace of God allows you to understand what you're called to do get that done and detach yourself disconnect and go and do the things that God has you to do and it's all about enduring the hardness you know you endure hardness because and and let your pleasure start to grow around things of the spirit rather than things of the natural side of life all the time you know uh, I know and there are many women who would, would say well you know now that my children are grown I can and then they get attached to the grandchildren you understand what I'm saying it, it just and it never quit and they always feel guilty about well I I promised I'd take care of them why you know what I'm saying you put yourself in conflict well who else is going to do it God will find somebody trust me watch (laughs) you know so watch and and you see what God can do And, and so this hardness has to do with us fighting the good fight of faith fighting those feelings and thoughts that try to condemn us when we obey God there's obedience to be done in God I'll never forget the testimony Morris Cirillo gave when his wife this was many years ago maybe 15-20 years ago now just to show you what God did for that period of time where his wife Teresa was in the hospital and near death and he was somewhere in a foreign country he wasn't even in the country where she was and he was maybe in South America somewhere doing a crusade and he said his sons would call and and tell him well they say mom doesn't have long you need to get here and he would say I'm going to pray about it and they hit the roof I mean see your hardness can reveal weakness in other people too you understand what I'm saying so we all have something to learn and so they called him at least three times and God told him he said I told you I'm taking care of her and you do what I called you to do you need to take care of these people for me and so there she was close to death and like the third day 
God started to turn it around she came out of it and Brother Cirillo said she's never looked better she's never felt better he said that time that she spent with the doctors and the hospital and things that they were able to do under God's direction he said I know it's extended her life and they're both alive today it's been over 15 years ago and she has not quit going and doing and all the things that needed and neither has he and so these are things where sometimes we feel emotionally about things and we never Never bring those emotions before God to find out if they're valid, to find out if they are going to be productive for what God wants in our lives. And for the most part, God wants us to let him handle things on that level for us so we don't become entangled. Because when you're entangled, you got to untangle yourself. See? And that's more disappointment and, and it's harder. So it's good to let God get you involved in it as much as he wants you to get involved. And then, you know, do what God wants you to do. He doesn't want us indulging in distractions. You know, things that, you know, your flesh is craving to do and finally you get a chance to do it and you want to stay there forever. See, that's the danger of indulging in distractions. Because if you keep feeding the fleshly side of yourself, that side continues to grow and he wants to get a good grip on you. So then, then you'll start saying you no know, to God, the things that God has put in your life for a discipline and a routine. You'll start saying no to that and saying God said it's okay. You understand what I'm saying? All that kind of nonsense. You know, you can do stuff on your own. You don't have to have God co-signing everything. <laughs> a little weakling. <laughs> That's a sign of weakness right there if we think we got to have God co-signing everything. <laughs> Make the decision on your own. See, nobody wants to do that. Right. And because we know we're not that's not the best thing for us. That's true. But everything's lawful. You can do what you want to do. But don't co sign God's name to it unless He's authored it. You got me? Sometimes God'll just, you know, not say anything. But you keep doing it down the line, you're going to suffer loss for that. And that's what he doesn't want. He doesn't want you indulging in distractions. Sometimes you can sometimes Christians will make statements and we'll grab onto them. You know, your flesh will grab onto it. Uh, you know, it's, especially if they do things like they watch a movie here and there or they read a book or something like that and then you want to your your carnal man wants to grab Oh, so and so does it, it's okay for me to do. And it's you overindulge in things. And sometimes they do too. You know, sometimes they shouldn't be doing it. So our flesh sometimes recoils at the thought of certain types of discipline in our lives. And we feel justified in giving in to distractions rather than enduring hardness. Some things are hard and they will be hard until we find the grace to endure. You know, and sometimes just find the grace means just saying, just God, you know, if this was, if I couldn't do this, you wouldn't tell me to do it, God. So I know you're in there somewhere to help me do this, and I'm just going to commit myself to do it. Amen. Grace must be sought in order to find it. We don't get any big points for enduring things in the flesh and torturing ourselves. So there must be a sense of resolve and determination to endure. Endurance implies a continual submission to this. Anybody can do something for a minute, 
and get over it and go back to life as usual. We're talking about a lifestyle of enduring hardness. Your attitude should be no matter what it takes or how long it takes. When time and effort do not uh, do not help you, you have found the place or do not hinder you or bug you. When time and effort don't bug you, you have found the place of grace to endure. So when those thoughts are extinguished out of your mind and that you're not moved emotionally by them. Sometimes people think I've served God and I deserve a treat. I deserve a break. I deserve when those that's just your flesh man craving attention. You got me? Uh, you don't live this life by putting things away and then deserving to go back to it again. When God removes it, it's because there's a there's a tendency to indulge to the sacrifice of your growth of your spirit man. See. He's got a point. God has a goal and a plan in mind when he says endure hardness. There's a purpose for it. And the purpose is that you develop into what he wants you to develop into. That's what you signed on for when you got born again. You signed on for the endure hardness part. So finding the grace is only the only lawful way. He says here in verse 5. There's, this is the whole point of the thing. He says, and if a man also strive for masteries, you want to perfect your craft. You want to perfect your gift. You want to perfect your ability to pray. You want to perfect your ability to pray for the sick and to witness to Christ and preach the gospel. So you're studying to be a master. Christian Amen He says yet he is not crowned Except he strive lawfully There's rules and regulations To follow In in this quest For mastery Of the spirit realm He said the husbandman That labors must be first partaker Of the fruits So there's going to be Evidence when you've Striven lawfully When you've strived lawfully There's evidence You reach a personal goal And there's evidence in your 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 life That you have conquered Certain things You've conquered You've gotten mastery Over this hardness thing And over the things that would distract you from serving God. Sometimes you'll find people that are distractions for you will leave your life. And you you don't want them to leave your life. You've got to endure that hardness because they're weights and anchors for you. You've got to strive lawfully, folks. You can't just be, you know, dragging Pete, repeat, four Pete, and three Pete around and think you're going to grow in, in the knowledge of God. And so... <clears throat> If you're going to be somebody who labors and strives for mastery, when you're striving lawfully, when you're doing things according to the will of God and the way God wants you to do, and you and God approves of you, then certain fruit will come forth in your life. There'll be greater peace. There'll be greater joy. And we're not we're not fruit inspectors. We don't expect one inspect one another's fruit. You inspect your own fruit. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, you be mindful of what God's doing in your life 
And don't always look for improvement in the other person. You know what I'm saying? That's not your business. Because you don't know what God's put on their plate. You don't know what God is doing in them. The things you think you want to see changed in them so you can like them better, that's the last thing God wants to do. You understand what I'm saying? He doesn't want to indulge your your curiosity into somebody else's spiritual life. Well, you should love people anyway. Amen. Their behavior should not make them make you like them any better. We're commanded to love one another. And so that becomes an indictment against you, the fact that you watch people to see when they improve. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? That's that's not your business. It's enough to keep up with what God's doing in you. Yes. Amen. Amen. Make sure because that becomes a distraction Amen. to you. Amen. You know, oh so and so they've grown so much, really? Well, who gave you the measuring tape? Um, who made you the judge of everybody? Yeah, you know, we have to watch that stuff. You know what that idleness means? It means that there's something you need to be spending your time doing you're not doing for watching other people. And usually people who do that are not sure where they are growth-wise. So they're always watching somebody else to see what they do. Well, I don't do what they do. You know, like the Pharisee that was praying. Right, right. <laughs> God, I thank you that I am not a hypocrite. I'm not like a sinner like that man there. <laughs> you know, that's your, your Pharisaical hypocrisy. It's a religious spirit. And so we have to find that grace. Amen. Finding the grace of God is the only lawful way to endure hardship and to gain mastery. Is by finding his grace. A place where you don't complain. A place where you're not fearful and suspicious. A place where you're not thinking that you've been putting up with something for a long time. You know, this martyr, false martyr thing. It's amazing how many false martyrs we have and and not many true ones. You know, when the false martyrs see true martyrs, they can't believe what they go through. You know, understand what I'm saying? Yet we all feel, oh, I've taken as much as I can take. When is it going to be my turn to have fun and peace and get all my life together? You may not get it. I like that line from that movie, as good as it gets. If this is as good as it gets, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to rely on the grace of God? Or are you going to kick and scream and continue to complain? Are you going to seek the peace of God even in your difficult situation? And believe him for something better? There will be many things that you won't see completed in your lifetime. Nobody ever lives that long, folks. Trust me. You'd have to live through eternity. But you can be at peace and enjoy the accomplishment that God has allowed you to participate in if you learn how to live in the grace of God from moment to moment and from day to day. So so Paul wants Timothy to understand that striving lawfully, amen, to be a master over the word of God and over the things that God has given you charge over is what's most important. And to find that place of grace, be strong in it. Because Timothy, you're going to need it. Amen. You are going to need it. Because all hell is against 
the kingdom of heaven see all hell is arrayed against it and there are things that we see and things that we don't see things that God spares us from but whatever God demands from us as far as enduring hardness is necessary and and for the next chapter it's necessary for our development so that we can master obstacles to come in the future. So don't think about passing up enduring hardness and just want to ooze through this one. You understand what I'm saying? You step in there in the grace of God and learn how to master, gain mastery over these hardnesses. Sometimes it's a discipline over our thought life. Sometimes it's a discipline over our words. Sometimes it's a discipline over our activities all of these things God will call us to gain mastery over because he has so much more planned for us gang so much more he wants us to be prepared to do it amen we stop father we thank you for your uh, word and for the opportunity to understand where we're at in our Amos 9:13 season these are spiritual blessings that we're coming into it's a greater spiritual way of life that you've ordained for us and so we bless you and we thank you for greater opportunities for spiritual life for us in Jesus name amen and praise God anybody needs prayer come on up and I'll pray for you pray